Welcome to Are You Serious? A Journey Through Bad Reddit Relationships. I am Morgan. I'm Esme, and this is my mom. Hello, America. (laughs) (laughs) Mom's here, mom's here. Yes, we have a very special guest for our very special Christmas episode. Heck yeah. Which is also episode 37. I'm trying really hard not to swear now because my mom is actually here. Like, I can hear her on the other side. Well, I'm very glad to hear that, Esme. I know. I know, it's terrible. I never normally swear in front of my mom. Yeah, it's very me either. I, it's going to be hard, although I, I feel like I've gotten better since, you know, I'm sitting in front of the same computer that I teach from. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm getting that filter going. Got to turn that back on. So as we mentioned a few episodes back that um, you had some sort of duck rescue story. Yes, I did. We did rescue a duck. It was it was quite a traumatic event, really. <laughs> I was driving a 30-year-old Morris Minor, so you won't know what they are in America, tiny little car um, that was, it was made in the 19, early 60s, this car, and it had a problem with the wiper blades. So I was, it was raining. I was driving very cautiously over a very small bridge because my wiper blades had, had a habit of pinging off. Mm-hmm. And as I'm driving very cautiously and slowly over, over a bridge because it's raining, I hear, I hear a noise, a cheeping noise. And I look down and there's a tiny little duck on, on, the, on the bridge. Um, so Esme's dad was sitting with me in the car and he, he screamed to stop. We stopped the car and he got out and he rescued the duck. <laughs> Uh, and the duck must have only been a couple of days old. Yeah. So we, we took it home. Well, we looked for its mother. It wasn't there. The mother wasn't there. So we took it home, but we had two cats. So as soon as we took the bird in the house, the cats were going crazy. So we had to, we had to put the duck in the, in the bread bin uh, <laughs> um, to stop the cats from getting it. And then the, and then the duck had to, had to live in our bedroom until it got old enough to fend for itself. Um, so there were, it kept us awake all night because it was cheaping. Um, and then when, after a couple of weeks, we decided it had to get used to the water, so we had to get it used to the bath. So we had to teach it how to swim. <laughs> and then one day, uh, it got too big, so we put it outside in a, in a little cage. And, but the awful thing happened is when we came downstairs in the morning, the duck had gone. So es- Esme's dad was very upset. Dad does get very attached to animals. He was very <laughs> attached and he was angry. He was angry because I'd made him put the duck outside, but it was making too much mess in the bedroom and it was making too much noise and the cats were going crazy. Um, so we were very, de- we were very depressed when we lost Daffy. <laughs> uh, so I went into the corner shop, which was a post office, and I put a notice up to say that if anybody saw a duck, a duckling, could they, could they let us know? Um, Esme's dad was convinced nobody would bother to respond to that so we sat in the house with the curtains drawn and we were very depressed and somebody knocked on the door and and it was a young couple and they came in and they said oh we're really apologetic um we're really really sorry we didn't know it was your duck and we said what do you mean and they said we were cleaning our car this morning and we heard some cheeping and we looked under the car and there was a there was a duckling under the car so we thought it must have lost its mother from the river so we took it down to the river and we put it in we found it a mother and a ducklings and we put oh. this one in. 
but we're really sorry and we went to look for it but it's gone now but we were just we were just happy got a foster family yeah. yeah yeah we were happy that daffy was with foster family so we were, we were saying oh we thank you thank you for coming to tell us yeah I, and then didn't your budgie you also had a budgie didn't you when you were a kid but it got I eaten did. <gasps> it did get eaten by my cat by your cat oh no <laughs> you see <laughs> mum has mum has terrible luck with bird pets <laughs> we're all about birds here <laughs> i know we're all about the birds I I only knew it had been eaten because I came downstairs one morning and um, there were just feathers everywhere. And, and I was looking, I was looking under all the furniture because it used to, it used to come up, get out of its cage and fly around. Um, and when I looked underneath the cabinet, I could see its beak and its claws <laughs> because the cat had eaten it. Well, it's a circle of life, I guess. It was very sad. <laughs> the moral of the story: don't keep cats and birds in the same house. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a budgie that got out and. My mom had him on her shoulder and walked out into the garage and he just flew away and she felt so terrible. She still feels terrible to this day. Well, my friend, one of my friends, my friend Laura said that there is like a ridiculous amount of green budgies that live in South London because so many budgies have escaped from their homes that they are, they are now like an independent colony of green parakeets that live in, oh, I heard that. Live in South I heard London. That. They're like their own species or something. Oh, like it's this really sad. interesting zoological like marvel, all these budgies that live in London. <laughs> well, the problem is they get so tame that you let them out all the time. So our our bird, Chippy, it used to, it liked dancing. So it used to come out of its cage if my mum's friends were around and it used to sit on people's shoulders and drink out of their cups of tea. Aww. And one day, um, somebody who'd come to visit went went away, went up the street, and he could hear chirping in his ear. And he, he thought, oh, I can hear, I could think, I'm imagining I can hear the bird. <laughs> when he looked on his shoulder, the bird was still sitting there. <laughs> so then he was thinking, oh, my goodness, the children are going to be so upset if the bird flies away. So all the way when he was walking back down, he decided to come back. He was talking to the bird the whole time and petting it as he was walking down the street so it didn't did not fly away. Oh. Man, the birds, they lull you into a false sense of security and then they're like, ha ha, see you loser, and they fly out. Like. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to my mom. She forgot that he was there because he was just so quiet and just hanging out. And we put the cage out and we kind of propped it open mm-hmm. and put some food in there, but he never returned. So she got me two oh. more parakeets. Oh, that's really As sad. But they were mean parakeets, so <laughs> the mean parakeets. Wind. That's gonna be that's gonna be the name of my scar band. Mean, oh, parakeets. mean parakeets. How would they mean? Yeah, they they would bite, and they you know the the nice one would would kind of like nibble on your finger, and you know like scratches on its neck, and these ones would bite you. They were not oh. not nice. <laughs> Let me out of here. <laughs> we know that we're a replacement for your favorite child. <laughs> I cannot be contained. <laughs> yeah, we ended up getting rid of those. I was sad, but you know, it was probably for the best. You can't. The thing is, once you've had a really beloved pet, you can't really replace them. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, that's why you would never let us have pets as a kid. Well, I think you did have pets. You had I, fish. Yep. We you had, had fish. Insects. We had stick insects, but all of our pets got killed by my little sister's version of the pet. What do you mean? Oh, her pets were so mean and angry that they would like beat our pets to death. Do you not remember the fish that beat our fish to death oh, and yes. then died of loneliness? Yes, it was sad. 
It was that's sad. like a ve- that's a metaphor right there, <laughs> right? But it used to happen all the time with her pets. They would kill our pets and then be sad. Well, I think the stick insects survived. The stick insects, we couldn't get rid of them. There were so many of them. We had to give them away on the street. We did, because they just kept multiplying. And then you had hamsters. We did have hamsters. Dusty was a good hamster. She was, apart from when she escaped in the middle of the night. Oh, and she got, she made a little Barbie nest under the bed. Mm. I do remember that. Yeah, we had guinea pigs, but... And we had a, a male and a female guinea pig, so, you know, they had babies. And then we were like, okay, let's separate these. So we don't want <laughs> to have a whole brood of guinea pigs. They went forth and multiplied, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Some people make industries out of breeding guinea pigs. Yeah, well, I hear they're good eating. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's why they're called pigs. Oh, damn. to eat them. I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty big for rodents, you know. They get pretty mm. big. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> now that I've talked about eating pets, no, no, yeah. let's talk about our first story, Please. which is like one part relationship advice, one part paranormal. So this first one is from our paranormal, and the title is simply, I have a ghost boyfriend? <laughs> With a question mark at the end, which is doing a lot of work there. <laughs> so much work. Uh, there are no ages at all in this post. I mean, I... It'd be hard to give the ghost an age, so... <laughs> well, actually, actually, they know who the ghost is, so... What? Yeah. All right, let's go. I have always been interested in the paranormal and wanted to experience more. Now I have a ghost boyfriend. <laughs> I just love the progression of that thought. It's just so matter-of-fact. <laughs> There's a hyphen, too, or an M-dash. I wanted to experience more, M-dash. Now I have a ghost boyfriend. <laughs> well, succeeded. Job done. Um, And this is a two-year-old post, so it's in the before times. Okay. In April of this year, I met someone who had a lot of death surrounding them. Let's call him Alex. It was odd, but I felt an extreme pull to help him and an extreme pull to use a Ouija board with him. In the past, I've never messed with a board and honestly have always been a bit frightened. Still, I knew I had to try it out with this particular individual. Barely an acquaintance, I invited Alex back to my apartment so we could try using a Ouija board. During the session, the name Chad came through, in quotes, which probably a fake name. Stunned, Alex explained that a friend of his died a few years back and his name was Chad. I knew essentially nothing about Alex's deceased friend and watched as Alex and Chad talked to each other through the board. Alex has never been into the paranormal and was sitting next to me, shocked, exclaiming that this was his friend. Alex and I began being able to feel Chad's presence in my home. Alex explained being able to feel Chad's hands on his shoulders and comfort. I felt similar sensations in a clear presence. Following this session, my extreme pull towards Alex started to dissipate. In the days after, I noticed I was still sensing Chad's presence. I could still feel him and knew when he was around. Days turned into weeks and weeks turned into months. To this day, Chad is still with me. I talk to him through the board semi-regularly and have found that I can sense his feelings and thoughts as well as feel his touch. What? We've become very close and have a physical relationship as well. Chad likes feet and enjoys no. touching mine while I'm oh! occupied doing other things. He oh, thinks it's funny. A foot fetish ghost. <laughs> oh god. He also tells me I'm beautiful and that he loves me often. Sometimes I even get visions where I can see where he is and what he is doing. Over time, I have learned the nuances of his personality, how he likes to communicate, spelling habits he has on the board, and what makes him happy. We've had everything from lighthearted joking conversation to serious talks about life and what's important. Chad is even protective if I mention using the board somewhere else, which he every time clearly tells me not to do. Some of my friends believe me, 
But at the same time, it can be hard not to question my own beliefs. Yet I have noticed my own ties to him strengthening over time and I can sense him more easily. Does anyone else here have a relationship like this? Do you believe me? What? I will note that she says in the comments she does have a boyfriend, like a real life, an alive boyfriend. So she's cheating on her corporeal boyfriend with an incorporeal boyfriend who likes No, they know about each other and they're fine with it because the boyfriend lives with her. So she's what? in like a thruple situation. <laughs> she's in a thruple with a ghost. <laughs> but I, what I want to know is if she's just met someone and then she has an extreme pull to use a Ouija board. I don't understand how meeting somebody makes you suddenly want to use a Ouija board. Yeah. Unless she thinks that she has some kind of ESP like that would push her to do that, which I assume she thinks she has. Yeah, good on Alex for like not playing for being amenable to that. But I'm wondering if Alex is just like, oh yeah, I had a friend, Chad. He he died. Yeah, that'd be really funny. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Like the setup sounded like a premise for some weird Korean drama. <laughs> well, like just, yeah, I mean it does, doesn't it? So. You can't really imagine anybody, really, this genuinely being somebody's real life. It just it sounds like the plot of a melodrama serial. I just... I'm all fine with people, like, getting into their paranormal sides or whatever. We've talked about ghosts before on the show, and mum's had ghost experiences. Mm. But, I don't know, That this seems too out there for a ghost experience. I don't think it's too out there. I know I know people say these these things happen to them. And if you use the Ouija board a lot, when she's saying that she's sensing him, some some part of your own consciousness becomes hyper aware to everything, so that every noise in a in a house can seem as if it's a spirit presence. Every time you feel a bit hot in the evening, can seem like it's spirit presence. Oh, he's here. Yeah. 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 Everything becomes meaningful. Nothing is a coincidence. Ooh. It'd be interesting to know when the when Chad is is messing with her feet, what her boyfriend <laughs> thinks about I that. I can't even like. <laughs> she specifically said that Chad enjoys touching her feet while she's occupied doing other things because he thinks it's funny. So I think he's just like you know poking her feet while she's doing the dishes or something. Because <laughs> see, this is this is the part of it that I find a bit too far fetched, right? I can I can get that she's used the Ouija board and she like feels a presence and she talks to this spirit, right? That that I can get. The whole foot thing though. <laughs> I mean that that's one of those things where it's a detail that's just specific enough that makes me want to believe that this I know. is true. Well if she gets if she gets visions, she hasn't described him or what she can see. Yeah, what does she yeah. see when she says, I can see what he's doing? Like, mm. is he just now hanging around her house? Does he just does she just see other rooms and him like I don't know what do ghosts do except mess with feet he, apparently? And why does he not want her to use the board anywhere else? And what has happened if she's used the board somewhere else? What does Chad do then? These are the questions I would like to have asked this person. Uh, mum's mum's journalist <laughs> like streak is coming out now. <laughs> she's all like I need to I need to find this person. I need to ask some questions. Got to do yeah. mom paranormal investigator. Definitely, I would watch I'm that not, show, mom. I'm not saying I'm not saying there's not another realm, but but there are also certain people who are highly susceptible to thinking there is spirit everywhere and everything that happens in their life. We we know, Esme, that there are people who, if they lose something in the house, 
they say that it's a spirit has come and taken it. Oh yeah, we do. On a do pretty regular basis, if there's a mm-hmm. noise in the house, they say it's a certain spirit. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, I I don't have spirits in my house. But you have lived with a spirit before. I have lived with a spirit, and it was scary. I think there are various things going on sometimes in terms of energy energy fields. And I think if you encourage disruption of energy fields, you can invite other forces. Bad energy. Yeah. So I've always been very conscious not to not to do that. Yeah. And I'm scrolling through her comments right now. And it says that she, someone says, be careful because this might be some sort of entity that's like feeding on your energy. And she says mm. she never feels drained from the presence. Like it feels Ooh. like an addition as opposed to, you know, sucking out energy. Well, this is good. If if it's only positive, she, it, there's no harm, is there? But I think what she says she's got a ghost boyfriend. She's calling the ghost a boyfriend. Does she not feel then she's cheating on her real life boyfriend? Uh, so she says, Chad doesn't have any competitive feelings or issues with my relationship. He's very supportive and more so functions in the thought that everyone is on the same team. My boyfriend knows about Chad, but isn't very open to the paranormal. Every so often they talk to each other through me in passing. As far as how long I plan to continue this, I don't have a positive answer. Chad has said he's like a guardian angel to me. And even if I choose to stop having a relationship with him, he will always be watching over me. See, that's what I was going to say. Is this like a guardian angel kind of vibe going on where... He's just feeling very protective of her and wants to stick around in the house. Mm. Like, it's a safe kind of energy thing. Yeah, so rather than it being a boyfriend, it's a friend, isn't it? I think boyfriend is just a tag that she's put on it because that's what she understands from it. Mm. Like, I don't actually think she sat down with a Ouija board and spelled out, would you be my boyfriend? <laughs> like, Are we exclusive or... <laughs> Are you seeing anyone in the spirit realm? Well, maybe that's why Chad didn't want her to use the Ouija board anywhere else. He does. He is not jealous of the living boyfriend. He would be jealous of another ghost. Ooh. Oh, another ghost boyfriend. Ghost would, fighting. Could you make a ghost harem? <laughs> d- d- yes. These are the important questions now. That is an important question. Now I'm thinking about like a ghost dating service. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Would you be able to keep your ghost boyfriends multiple from each other? Or are they all inhabiting the same plane? Now I have important questions that I need answered by the spirit realm. That is a good question. Like, are they on the same, like, level, layer of the are there realm? Different, are there different planes in the spirit world? Different levels? Yeah, I would guess so. Well, there's, there's a ghosty plane, right? Where Where people are ghosts. But then there's also a plane where people aren't ghosts. I don't assume everybody becomes a ghost. What's the definition of a ghost? Does it have to be a person who is dead? Well, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> or could it be, you know, some other thing? I, I had a, I had a minor ghost experience the other week. Minor Ooh. ghost experience. It was the anniversary of when we took in a super old cat that oh. belonged to a friend. It was the anniversary of kind of that week. And I was like sitting at my computer and I, was, I swear I saw him out the corner of my oh. eye. And he was like sitting by my chair like he wanted to come up and I patted my leg like come on jump up and then I looked down and he wasn't there I was like oh that was really really strange and it wasn't my cat because I could see him from where I was sitting so I checked the date and I was like oh he was just coming to check and like make sure that we were okay so I told my husband and my husband was like you weren't frightened or upset were you I was like no it was like a really positive vibe like like he was just coming to say hi and he was all right so that was a very pleasant experience do you remember when you had a ghostly experience when you were about 10? Yeah, I told that story on the podcast, Mom. Ah. I know, that was that was kind of <laughs> wild. 
our Halloween episode. But you weren't scared. No, I was not scared. I was not scared. That was that was a pretty chill kind of ghost vibe. But tell us about your poltergeist. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, we lived in, it was quite an old house. It was probably, it was about 150 years old. Um, the poltergeist apparently was a woman who died in the house and apparently she was disfigured. She'd had an accident, so part of her face was disfigured. And when my mum first moved in, she didn't want us to be there, so she used to cause a lot of disruption at night. So we used to sleep in the bed with my mum because we were little children. And um, when my mum used to wake up in the morning, the bed had been moved across, across the bedroom. If anybody stayed overnight and the ghost didn't like them, it, it would turn the lights on the landing on and off. And there was one particular guy who it detested. If he ever stayed overnight, when he got up in the morning, his hat would be by the front door. <laughs> get out of here. Can I, can I get your hat for you? Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> and one day my sister uh, went upstairs. She thought my mum was in her bedroom getting ready to go out. And she looked in through the bedroom door. She thought she saw my mum sitting at the dressing table. Uh, when she went downstairs, my mum was in the kitchen making breakfast. So she said, oh, I thought you were upstairs, mum. Uh, and, and and she says, and you've got changed. And my mum said, no, no, I've been down here all morning. So the person she saw upstairs in, in my mum's clothes was the spirit. <laughs> so, so lots of things used to happen. Things used to disappear and then they would be found behind skirting boards or... You know, when any renovation work or anything was done, jewellery would be found years later. You had to have an exorcism, didn't you? Well, we did because I had a little, I've got a little sister and when she was tiny, she used to have night terrors. She used to see things and it just got to be that it was every single night she would see something. And my stepdad started seeing seeing the woman as well. And um, it, the atmosphere in the house was very heavy. Uh, I had a minor bird and it never used to speak. There was just a heavy atmosphere. So my mum, my stepdad was really upset and frightened and um, my little sister was traumatised. So my mum got a priest in to, to pray in the house. and uh, We had to go into every room in the house and just pray. And it, it was a very unostentatious exorcism it wasn't like the movie a... where the... yeah <laughs> there was no head spin there's no head no one was sick or anything like that we were just prayed in every room and when we got up to the attic which was the room i shared with my brother he opened the window and the atmosphere in the room and the heat was really intense um but as he was going up the stairs to the attic he stepped back and he, and he made us all step behind him um and then he, he had to pray in order to go forward because he said the ghost was stopping him. And we got up to the, up into the attic and the atmosphere was really oppressive. And he just said a prayer and he said, leave these people and go. And he motioned towards the window. Then all of a sudden, a breath of air, it was a really hot summer's day, a breath of air came in and swept round the room and went out of the window and it was gone. The atmosphere and everything was gone. When we went downstairs, the minor bird was singing and saying its name. And it oh, never so never talked at all. So weird. Sounds like almost it was cornered in that space, so it all got condensed into that one mm. room. Mm. Oof. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was scary. It's kind of wild. Like, I, I, I understand why people don't believe in ghosts and paranormal stuff and whatever. If you've never had an experience, then it's hard to believe that those kinds of things can exist. I definitely remember telling my husband about a couple of my ghost experiences and at first he was pretty skeptical and then he was like, well, that's far too coincidental to be unreal. Like, 
Yeah. It's not just like the story that I told before about the guy next door and, mm-hmm. and, and Tom the ghost. All these things I didn't know that mom you told me years later. Mm-hmm. Like the the details match up too well for it to be a coincidence. Exactly. So yeah. And we used to have like um what did you call that glass orb, Mum? Was it a witch orb? Well, well the crystal ball. No, there were there were ones that we would hang above the above the windows. Oh. They're just crystals. No, not the crystals. There was like a glass spun orb. Oh, the witch ball. It's, yeah. it's a protection against witches. Yeah. We used to have all kinds of cool stuff in the house. We had like crystals and stuff and uh, amethysts hanging around everywhere. Mum was pretty witchy when we were kids. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> it was very cool. <laughs> I used to do those treat and tarot evenings. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, mum used to do tarot for all her friends. And they would sequester themselves in the in the dining room we weren't allowed in. Never. <laughs> it's adult adult card time. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Well, they were in bed normally, weren't you? Yeah. We'd always try and come down for some water though, because we wanted to see what, <laughs> <laughs> to see what was going on in the witch den. <laughs> oh yeah, and you, if you want to hear the the stories that we were talking about in our Halloween episode, you can hear those in episode thirty one. Which so thirty one. We'll say it again, though. Listen to these episodes in order. Yes, you should be starting at number one and coming all the way through. (laughs) It's like a journey of friendship and love that we share with you. (laughs) And updates. And screaming. Endless screaming. (laughs) Well, this next episode I have is our Christmas theme... Not episode. This next story I have is our Christmas-themed kind of story. And I can't really figure it out. Okay. Let me help you, Morgan. (laughs) There's no names, but I'm pretty sure this is, yeah, UK spelling here. So we're in the UK. Oh, we're in England. Motherland. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the asshole for bringing heirloom vegetables instead of normal vegetables to serve at Christmas? (laughs) Hmm. Heirloom vegetable. Like heirloom tomatoes and things, Mom? Oh, okay. Like fancy, fancy veg, Mom. (laughs) Uh, And OP is just as confused as I am. She says, okay, so this is a weird one and has me baffled. I recently took up gardening and have started growing lots of heirloom variety vegetables, such as colorful carrots, beans, exotic fruits, and tomatoes, all the funky colored and amazing stuff. It has been great therapy for me. A lot of them will be ready around Christmas, and I was planning to bring them and cook them for Christmas sides, etc. We are having a big Christmas this year at the in-laws. COVID is near non-existent here at the moment, so we were seriously lucky here with lots of hubby's family. I mentioned to mother-in-law about my veg garden and all the heirloom and interesting plants I've been growing, and then mentioned I will be bringing some for Christmas dinner and dessert. I love cooking, so I always make food for Christmas. This is where shit got weird. She didn't say much during our convo, but after I handed the phone back to hubby, she told him that it really wouldn't be appropriate for me to bring loony-colored vegetables (laughs) to Christmas. And that people would find it offensive and off-putting. Hubby just laughed, thinking it was a joke, but she was serious and said absolutely not. What? This was a few weeks ago, and I decided she must have been pulling my leg. So I sent her some Pinterest pins of cool veggies and recipes that I might make. And she messaged me back saying, absolutely not. (laughs) What? She told my hubby she thought I was being offensive and rude to her. And he pressed her on why she is so anti-colorful vegetables. And she just yelled at him to stop being obtuse and tell her to stop being so hurtful. Honestly... She's normally a really nice woman, so this shit is seriously weird as hell. Like, she's a vegetable racist. 
Anyway, I guess I could have just left it rather than messaging her with pins after she said it wouldn't be appropriate. I thought she was joking, but it seems to have hit a nerve and she has been really weird since. Am I the asshole? And can anyone Uh, help me solve this vegetable mystery? We are both so confused, lol. She's feeling replaced. That's what this is. She's like, no, I will make the Christmas dinner. I am the mother and does not want these vegetables coming in and ushering in a new era of Christmas dinner that well, she it, cannot replicate. Or it might be that she doesn't like the daughter-in-law's cooking, and so she's oh, just saying she doesn't too. want weird vegetable. I, I, well, it says that she always cooks for Christmas, like, a few things. So I don't think it's, like, a new situation. But it might be that every year they don't really want what she brings, and this is a really <laughs> good excuse to not have her bring anything. Maybe it's that, like, if she cooks every year... It's quite easy to pass off someone else's cooking as your own cooking. Mm. But if it's like, oh, these are vegetables from OP's garden and she's cooked them, look how impressive that is. That does take quite a lot away from mother-in-law. Like, I I don't know how territorial she is about Christmas dinner, because I know that, mum, you like it when we we help out for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Unless I put the wrong amount of spices in the apple pie and ruin it. No, your apple pie was lovely. Uh, Only because Chase managed to salvage it. Otherwise, it would have been a disaster. But I think this is more a, wah, she's taking over my Christmas thing than a, wah, purple carrots thing. Personally, I love purple carrots. Yeah, they stain everything, though. (laughs) They do stain everything, make everything look kind of muddy. Well, but some older people are really picky about Mm. their food. And if it's the mother-in-law's turn, if if she's got lots of heirloom, she's growing lots of heirloom variety vegetables, colourful carrots, beans, fruits, tomatoes, how much is she going to take? Yeah, I mean, and is she gonna... Are they gonna be the only sides available? Some people will not eat a white carrot, right? Well, well, do you remember the purple purple potatoes? I do remember the purple potatoes. Nobody wanted to eat them because they looked like they were poisonous. They look great. (laughs) They are really tasty. They tasted fine. Yeah, but it Uh, took you guys ages to even try them. Yeah, and, and people are really pernickety about their Christmas food. Yeah. Like, more than usual. It's like, we must have this kind of thing in this bowl for this part of the meal, or it's Christmas is ruined. Yeah, I need to follow tradition, otherwise Christmas is, is cancelled. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I think it's a mixture of all those things. It's like... So a couple things in the comments. Mm-hmm. She says that her mother-in-law often does a few random new dishes along with the normal traditional things. So that can't be it. However, she is really weird about food coloring, so maybe she thinks the vegetables are dyed, which is funny because purple carrots, like they all carrots used to be purple, or most of them, until they bred them to be orange. The Dutch, I believe, did that because that's their, like, color, their national color. Yeah. Make it into it. Morgan, have you ever seen the Dutch World Cup fans? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh my god. So they call them the the orange men, the orange army. That must be it, the, the Dutch did it. <laughs> yeah, they call them the orange army and they all show up with these big, like, fake curly orange wigs and in, like, neon orange. And they are the loudest, craziest football fans you've ever seen in your whole entire life. You always know when Holland is playing because there they are, all of them, taking up the entire <laughs> stadium. They like, really stand out. They really do. It's wild. It's They, they have great fun. Between them and the Icelandic fans, they're like the most interesting football supporters that exist. Well, some people would argue with these heiress. How how so? 
they would think they're the most inter- they're the most interesting fans. Well, English football <laughs> fans are not interesting. They're just hooligans who like to drink Ooh. and fight. Like, th- th- that's fine. That's fine. I know that about myself and my country. I can I can accept that. <laughs> French football fans, they can be really awful and racist. Oh, it's uh, so it's like Raiders fans here in California. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> but the, the French, the French, they think, because they're French, they think they're the best at football. So as soon as somebody else comes out and is better at football than them, they're like, this will not stand. <laughs> we are trying really hard to get cancelled this episode. <laughs> I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to French football fans. I'm sure you're all really lovely people. I, I don't apologize to Raiders fans. <laughs> well, I think if you're a supporter of any team or, or, or any country, you think yours is the best. Yeah. That's one of the features of being a fan. Well, no, I know that the English national football team is a disgrace. (laughs) And I expect to lose whenever we play anything. Winning is a nice surprise. Um, But yeah, particularly the French football fans, they can be a bit in your face. But yeah, Dutch football fans are great. They're fun fun people. Anyway, we were talking about carrots. (laughs) She also says the thing is she usually loves us all bringing stuff and we, all the other families, are always expected to bring something. But I think maybe this year she wanted to do it and didn't tell us or something. Communication issues. She also does have a sense of humor, so I did think she was joking. I mean, it's been a stressful year. Oh, and she's had her hours cut at work. Oh, but I think, as you were saying earlier, yeah, it's been a stressful year. She probably just wanted a really traditional meal. Stability. Mm. Yeah, she wanted everything to be normal and, like, no boat rocking, Mm. weird surprises. She just wants everybody to come and have Christmas dinner. And it may be that in previous years she's been really busy and she's welcomed people bringing things. And this year she's probably got more time on her hands and, and wants to do it all. Yeah. I'm thinking it's that's probably it. the way that yeah, it might just be the way that she feels valued this year. Mm. Is like this is what I can give to my family this year mm-hmm. and they're trying to take it away from me and make it weird. Yeah, and I, I think she's probably just being kind of you know, she has some sort of visceral reaction to the weird color things. Cause like mm-hmm. at first it takes a little bit to get used to, you know, some purple carrots. I'm like, is this gonna taste like a carrot. <laughs> a carrot, yeah. Or is it going to taste like something else? The purple potatoes do taste a little bit more earthy, but in a good way. But most of the other ones just taste kind of the same. Also, homemade tomatoes are like the best. Homegrown. Oh, they're so good. Meaty yeah. and juicy. They're very good. I wouldn't know, though, because my tomato plant died immediately. <laughs> I, I, I'm so bad at any kind of garden-related stuff. Everything I touch dies, except my succulent, which miraculously has lived for five years. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm in a phase where a few of my plants are dying, so. Oh, you were doing so well with your plants, too. I know, but I mean, one of them, I was looking for some thyme, and the nursery didn't have any, so I went to the grocery store and got those, like, living yeah. herbs where it had roots, and I was like, well, I'll just use this for a couple recipes and plant it, and then if it lives, it lives, and it did not live. <laughs> but that's okay, because it was $2. <laughs> <laughs> It's the cheapest experiment you'll ever make. Yeah. Um, so there's an update. Oh. She says, okay, so I got off the phone with her and asked what she wanted to do for Christmas and if she was upset with me offering to cook and bring some homegrown vegetables. She said she would love for me to help making the food. She just doesn't want me to bring any crazy vegetables as she finds them offensive and they make her mad. Ooh. I tried to pry a bit more and find out why and reason with her, but she ignored me and changed the subject. So I haven't gotten to the bottom of it, and I'm even more confused by her. I won't bring them as I don't want to offend her, but man, this is seriously the weirdest thing she's done. Ha ha. She 
finds them offensive and they make her mad. Does she think that they're like genetically engineered? Maybe. Yes, it could be. That because they don't look how she expects that the that they are pumped with chemicals or whatever. Or it could be they might be weird shapes. Yeah, because the heirlooms get a little lumpy. I think this is just, and we all have this, right? We all have something that we irrationally hate for no reason. (laughs) Coldplay. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel that. Am I allowed to save my angel? Yes. Yes. The angel of the north. Oh, yeah. So if anybody doesn't know, the angel of the north is like this big sculpture in England. And you would probably recognize it if you saw it. It's like this huge sculpture of a dude with like two airplane wings sticking out. And it's massive, and it's, like, on the way to Newcastle, so in the north. My mum hates it. Oh, that is obnoxious. <laughs> I, think, I, just, I, don't, I don't hate it so much. I have a visceral reaction to it. The mm. shape of the body is so ugly to me. <laughs> and I don't know why something that is so ugly should represent the north. It looks like a mummy. The body does looks a little like bit. a mummy, and the wings look like someone just cut apart a freight. Exactly. Thing. Stuck some aeroplane wings on it. We'll we'll post this picture. You we'll guys we'll can post we'll it, post but... the Angel of the North and a Morris Minor. We'll show you what these things look like. That's, that that is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't think it's beautiful. I also don't think it's ugly. I have zero like emotional reaction to that thing. But every time my mum sees it, she's like, "Oh, <laughs> I hate it." Well, you know, I passed it. I passed it the other week. And I don't know if it's because we've, we're in a weird year and we've been in lockdown and I haven't seen it for a long time, but I didn't have any reaction at all. That's how most people feel when they look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there. <sighs> yeah, like Coldplay. God, 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 it's damn, just God, there. Oh God. I nearly swore then. I nearly just let out a string of expletives about how much I hate Coldplay and Chris Martin and everything about them. But... There was a point in my life where, yeah, it invoked a really visceral reaction to the point where if I heard Chris Martin singing, like, I wanted to throw up. I literally wanted to vomit. Okay, that's how I feel about Cat Stevens. <laughs> I understand. Oh, I Cat Stevens. I know, I, I understand that he's, like, quality music or whatever, but if I hear his music, it makes me very, it's a very melancholic sound to me, and it makes me instantly depressed. But you also have synesthesia, Morgan, so you yes. have, like, a different, like, True. wavelength for that kind of thing. Ooh. Yeah, I've never hated anything as much as I hate Coldplay. Yeah, that's why I don't like the doors, is because their their color of their music is very obnoxious. What color? They're, like, a fire, like, red and orange and yellow, Ooh. but in an obnoxious way. <laughs> like, like, sickly like versions. Bright. Yeah. Ooh. I saw the, um... I went to the grave of Jim Morrison in um, Père Lachaise in Paris. And and it's the most bizarre thing. There's a tree there. And I don't know if if you've seen it. People stick chewing gum on the tree as a tribute. God. Huh. I hate those chewing gum alleys and stuff. They just stink so bad. They have those in San Luis Obispo, the bubblegum alley. Is it? So bubblegum alley, is that, it's meant as a tribute, is it? Or is it just people just spit their chewing gum out? Yeah, there's no, there's nothing that, ha- they just decided this alley, people will put bubblegum on the walls. And so it's now just, it's just coded. It's just, it's just a, 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 an excuse for being gross. <laughs> right? I, there's one in Seattle that's really famous and we went to it and I held my nose the whole time. I wouldn't even <laughs> look at it. It's so gross. Why would anybody, I think because I'm a teacher, 
Like, the idea of someone putting their chewing gum anywhere other than a bin is, like, grossly offensive to me. Hmm. I I just hate it. I hate it so much. I suppose it's about being irreverent, isn't it? They're making a statement, the fact that they take chewing gum, something people don't want to see littering the street. Um, It used to be rude to chew chewing gum, especially if you were speaking to someone. So there's an edginess associated with it. Because I tried to get my head around, why why would people who went to jim morrison's grave do that what what did it mean Uh, and it has to be something uh, it's almost a subversive act isn't it an Mm. act of vandalism to stick stick chewing gum see look at this look at this intelligent (laughs) well-educated thoughtful mom that i have and wonder how i turned out the way that i did that is an astute analysis. Well, you have to rebel in some way. Maybe this podcast is my rebellion. I think so. <laughs> I'm cramping your style. <laughs> no, absolutely not, Mum. You never cramp my style. No. We go. Better get a good Christmas present now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, my mom's not here, so I can swear enough for the both of us. Oh, please do. <laughs> Just go for it. Let rip. Like a sailor. Oh, that's pretty much my normal standard. The other day when I was in a meeting, I was in a meeting all day with all the other teachers and... All day? Yeah, a whole day. It was great. Why? <sighs> Reasons. <laughs> we were planning for next semester. So we did the thing where, you know, everybody leaves except for three of us, me and two other teachers. The other teacher, I have one of them, I have her daughter this year Mm -hmm. and we were talking about a fourth teacher and we were like ripping him apart we were just talking trash no filter and so i said something to the effect of fuck that guy he's a fucking sociopath (laughs) and my co-worker's daughter popped her head into the video and was like yeah i agree (gasps) and i was like ah ah no no (laughs) get out don't listen to my filthy mouth But she's a teacher's kid, and so she knows, both of her parents are teachers, and she knows Cone of Silence. (laughs) Cone of Silence. Do not speak. (laughs) And plus, every single person who's ever met this other teacher feels the same way about him, so. It's not a company secret. (laughs) (laughs) You're not, like, defaming somebody who everybody loves. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's fair. (laughs) Every, Every campus has one. Yes. Well, we have four. I think we're down to four now. Oh, no. Well, at least you got rid of some. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, OP should use her heirloom produce to make her friends happy rather than her yeah, mother-in-law. Yeah, don't waste them. Don't waste them on the mother-in-law. Make mm-hmm. some nice pickles or chutneys with them. Mm. Oh, that might be a good Ooh. compromise. Make a nice, like, tomato heirloom tomato chutney or whatever. No, the, the mother-in-law says she doesn't want anything. Mm, I guess. That's heirloom. She'll be really mad. Well, she, wants- she should make chutneys anyway and then give them as Christmas presents to people yeah. who would appreciate her. Can exactly. them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Make some chutney or pickle or, like, nice bit of pickled cabbage. That'd be good. Yeah. I'm wondering what weird colored beans they have. <laughs> well, they can get kind of spotty, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like a green bean or maybe like snap peas. I don't some, know. There are purple beans too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Beans come in all shapes and sizes. But we should not talk about beans on the podcast anymore because oh, right. beans beans ruin relationships. That's what? true. <laughs> <laughs> We've had three bean-related episodes, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all bad. Oh, all dear. bad. Nobody can, can o- deal with beans in a sensible fashion. I can only imagine. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me you've not listened to all three of our bean-related episodes? 
I haven't, I'm afraid. I've, I've only what listened to probably about a third of your podcast. So is I'm this? Very I've got Get to catch off up. the podcast. I've been too busy. <laughs> oh, no, that's fair. Mum's been writing her PhD. So, oh, very fair. Um, yes. That's a good excuse. That's fine. That's a fair excuse. <laughs> Everybody else has no excuse. Exactly. Mom, that's fine. Hey, Morgan here. Esme and I both wanted a little time off because of the end of the semester and the holidays, so we decided to split this one into two parts. That means that you'll get the four full stories with Esme's mom, just like a normal episode, but it'll just be split into two. Stay tuned for part two next week at our normal time, Friday morning at 8 a.m. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at r, the letter u, the word, serious pod. You can follow me at Morgan underscore Slay, and you can follow Esme at Esme underscore C underscore Nose, as in knows lots of things, so you can send us your favorite loony vegetable recipes. You can also email us those recipes at r, the letter u, the word, serious pod at gmail.com, or you can share them on Facebook at r, the letter u, the letter, serious pod. And I just submitted all my grades, so I'm going to go take a nap now. 